Welcome. You're listening to the So Mama podcast. I'm Susan. And I'm Olivia. And, and we're, we're moms. moms. <laughs> Life as a mom can be so fulfilling, so exhausting, so messy, so many things. Through it all, if there's one thing we've learned, it's that there's so much easier when you have a friend by your side. <laughs> so we make a point to carve time out of our busy schedules to talk, laugh, and mostly laugh. Join us as we navigate through the adventure of mom life. We're so excited you're here listening to the So Mama podcast. Okay, welcome everyone to the So Mama podcast. Uh, my name is Susan and I'm here with my co-host Olivia and I'm very excited. Sorry, Olivia. I'm very Hi. excited. To, we're both very excited. Yeah, we are. Yes, we are both very excited today because we have a our very first guest, and uh, I know her from the soccer field. Um, we, I started playing soccer after college, just looking for something to do, and I got in touch um, with this amazing woman who, uh, even on the soccer field, I could see. Um, her leadership skills and just her wisdom that she had, the way she carried herself. She's so strong and beautiful and amazing. And um, I know how she plays on the soccer field, but I really actually don't know a whole lot about her personal life other than she has three beautiful children and um, she works really hard and does amazing things within our community. Her name is Veronica Miramontes, and I know her, and most people know her as Ronnie. And uh, she, as of right now, she is the first Latina to serve at the Monterey Peninsula Unified School District School Board of Trustees, in which the student population is over 58% Latino. Mm -hmm. And as the current incumbent, she was appointed in the beginning of the year unanimously over 10 other applicants. And after eight years working as a restorative justice practitioner, Ronnie is elevating her space in the nonprofit sector in operations at Motivating Individual Leadership for Public Advancement, also known as MILPA, Mm. in Salinas. And uh, yeah, as I said, Ronnie is a mother of three, ages two, five, and 16. She's coached Mm. soccer in the past for our local youth and uses all her life and educational experience to guide her voice and representation to serve our county. So thank you so much, Ronnie, for being here with us today. I'm so glad you're here. What an amazing introduction. Can I steal that? (laughs) (laughs) What a powerhouse you are, Ronnie. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited that uh, we get to speak with you, and we're just uh, really excited that you're our very first guest on our podcast. You know, Susan and I started the podcast uh, over a year ago already, just wanting to get to know one another some more, talk about like motherhood, uh, be vulnerable with each other about the experiences that we were going through, the wonderful ones and the not so wonderful ones. ones. And, you know, it's just a a pleasure to, for me, particularly to, um, you know, meet um, someone such as yourself to get to know you and, and learn more about you. I know Susan has, has had the pleasure of um, working alongside with you in, in soccer um, in the past, but I'm just super excited to learn more about what it takes to be an elected official and like having a full-time job and three uh, growing kids and from like different age groups. I mean, like Wow. <laughs> Real. That, looks, that sounds freaking awesome. So like, how do you, how do, you do it? That is the, the, the main thing that you're here. We are, we're here to learn. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Acts like the 16 year old and my 16 year old acts like the two year old. And those days, <laughs> impossible. I'm like, okay, let's, let's just let this day be over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just thanks so much for having me, you guys. It, it means a lot to be on here and a chance to just to talk and elevate all of our voices together. It's really exciting mm-hmm. and just letting people know like who we are and what we do. So yeah, let's get started. Whatever you guys want to ask me, throw it at me. Right. I'll, 
<laughs> yeah, let's just get started with some questions. What do you think, Olivia? That sounds awesome. Well, let's just do a quick check in. How was your week? So how was your week? Yeah. Well, this last week has was kind of like the okay, things are real. In the we're in the middle of campaigning and elections for MPUSD school board. Mm. Um, so my hope is just to, you know, really guide this this drive to make it keep it small, graphic campaign. It's really me, myself, and like my daughter who's 16 and she is all into arts and digital arts. So she's been helping me a lot on that platform. That's awesome. That's so cool. So cool. But then so she's been her distance learning, my five-year-old's doing his distance learning. He's in the dual language academy, so all his stuff mm. is done. Spanish, which I'm excited about because I want him to be a really strong um, bilingual speaker. Mm-hmm. Distance learning, it's nearly impossible because they really only get a couple hours to be with their teacher. So he's, it's not the same as being in school and having that whole entire day dedicated to speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I'm worried about that and that transition for him. And then my two-year-old, you know, she's hopping all over the place, like wanting <laughs> Do, wants to see what the five-year-old's doing she'll like the boy chair up next to him and wants to learn too which is really cute but I can tell like he wants his own little space bubble and <laughs> going through that and you know just regular motherhood and you know making sure like dinner is done and things like that and you know working as well and working from home isn't easy um just because you have all those other things you have to pay attention to mm-hmm. so it's a lot of hats to wear like all at the same time I think mm-hmm. of that uh, book caps when <laughs> the guy who has all the hats yeah film like that um, <laughs> just a little bit so that was nice uh we brought a trampoline which we're really excited about we're mm-hmm. putting it together and unfortunately there's two major pieces missing oh no it's not even you it's a brand new trampoline those two like <laughs> not like a screw that you could just replace it's like a whole part that you need mm. I'm so excited to try it today and I had to like break the news like oh no not today we got pizza instead I try to like make up for <laughs> <laughs> yeah just tomorrow is Monday and it's just a go again you know back mm-hmm. to routine and try to rock through this this week again mm-hmm. that's awesome well that sounds like a pretty good week How what about, about like an awesome week what about you Olivia it was an awesome week too. I was yeah. really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really good week this week. Um, we'll go from backwards. More I'll share. Today. <laughs> today was really cool. We got to go to the river in, in uh, Carmel. And then uh, we found a new route. And we were basically had the whole river to ourselves in the little section that we were in. And we were not really prepared. So we just jumped in with our shoes and all. And uh, it was really fun. We were walking up and down the river. It was super cold, but it was so beautiful. And um, after that, what did we do? I don't know. We came home, did a a quick little target run. um, And then now we're here. And yesterday was amazing. We, uh, myself, along with a few other um, colegas, colleagues, uh, got together and worked a uh, voter registration area um, in Salinas as well. And it was awesome. We had a lot of engagement, a lot of people interested, um, learning about uh, voter. Um, We had at least five brand new never vote uh have never voted before um people come through our booth and we were really excited about um about them they were older folks one lady she's like you know i have voted in the past it's been about 30 years since i've since i voted and um and she was back and she was excited and um you know it was just beautiful to to see how everyone is so in- eager um to make their voice heard um, through the act of, of voting. So um, that was really, really beautiful to celebrate. My, my husband took me out for some drinks, which we haven't been able to do in such a long time. Um, you know, it was just like at, at 5.30 p.m. So it's not like we were <laughs> <laughs> Hey, drinks are drinks right now, you know. 
you just got to take it where you can get it. Right. So that was <laughs> fun. So those two days, um, yesterday and today, we've been out in the community. So here with Season and I, uh, Ronnie, we talk a lot about like COVID and COVID like being so mm-hmm. scary. So, um, you know, those two days this weekend, we did spend uh, the weekend out, took all of the, the right precautions. But, um, you know, at all of the other days, we pretty much hung out at home and it was fun too. It was a good week so far. How about you, Susan? Good. Uh, This week was pretty, like, humdrum for me, and uh, I had a few rough days where it was Mm -hmm. just really hard. You know, it just just builds up to a certain point, and then I just get tired. And then (laughs) you just have those days where you're tired. And so I had a few of those, and uh, last night was really hard for us. We've been having some issues with sleep around my toddler, and – uh, but today made up for it. And you know what? I think I'm going to save that for one of our, um, sections at the end of the show. Awesome. Uh, for our, my so solid moment. So yeah, very cool. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a good week. Um, but I'm glad, I'm really glad to be here with you ladies right now. So awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So, so let's, yeah, let's start asking some of the deep things, the deep questions. <laughs> so tell, tell us, us how, how was it? When were you born? How were, how were you born? Was it raining? Was it sunny? <laughs> no, you don't have to go that far back. It's okay. No. Would you please tell us a little bit about your background? You already kind of did, but you know, we'd love to hear where you're from, um, how you landed in our beautiful community and uh, county, and um, you know how you got to wear all the many hats that you wear. Oh, of course. Okay. Well, let's start from the beginning. No, just kidding. <laughs> But yeah, I'm originally from Mendocino County, so mm-hmm. up Northern California. Um, I'm first generation college graduate. So my dad is originally from Jalisco, Mexico, mm-hmm. and right here, um, he worked in the fields for strawberry picking in Lodi, and then he met my mother closer to the Vallejo um, area. And my mom, she's from here. She's from San Francisco, California. Mm. She's such a firecracker. I think so much <laughs> I've received has come from my mom because she mm. just, she speaks for herself. She's very like advocating. Um, and she was working in the fields with my dad too. Like she like staged the sit-in during lunchtime because they weren't mm. giving them enough um, break time. And my my dad's like, ah, come with them ahead. Like, it's okay. And like, my mom's like, no, we're all sitting here until they acknowledge us. And she's been like that, like, the longest that I can remember. And mm. worked a little bit too. So just having that kind of background means a lot mm-hmm. to me. Um, so once I've, I've been a mom for the past 16 years mm-hmm. and I'm 34 this coming October. So almost nearly half my life you know I was I was a young mom I was a teen mom right before my mm-hmm. year in high school and honestly she's been a blessing and she's really made my life so much more I don't think I would even be here in this role with the many hats that I do if it wasn't for my daughter Ailani <laughs> I was just like an average student before and then when I had her I was, I was kind of like a wake up like okay this is mm-hmm. a decision I made I need to stick with it I'm moving forward and how can I best provide for her by providing for me mm-hmm. so after that I was like a 4.0 student I still played soccer in high school I just didn't want to give up any of that because I felt like it was really important to to mention that and note that mm. all of our school and our teachers and adults on campus back there were like oh you need to be in those they got like the portables mm. <laughs> the portable with all the other pregnant moms and have lunch mm. at a different time and really almost like segregate us in a way yeah no, I, I want to have my regular classes. I want to stay involved in, because I did a lot of clubs too. I want to still mm-hmm. be involved. Like if I can't do it, that's my choice. You can't make it a choice for me. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because of her, you know, just, it just opened a lot of doors because I, a lot of people felt like, oh yeah, your life's over. It's going to shut mm-hmm. doors. You can't do anything now. And it was like, no, I, it's, it's not, at least not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky and fortunate enough to have an amazing family to support me through that. Absolutely. 
I think if it wasn't for them too, of course, things would be a lot different. Um, but yeah, because of her, I just, I grew to being kind of who I am. And I transferred to CSUB Monterey Bay in mm-hmm. 2009. And I wanted to be an English teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love reading, I love writing, but it was more like creative writing and poetry, mm-hmm. photojournalism. When I was little, I was like, okay, I'm going to be like a photojournalist for National Geographic and take pictures of elephants mm-hmm. in Africa. Very cool, <laughs> yeah. Was, that was like my dream job. Um, and then I did the English major at CSUB and I did a, a grammar class and I hated it. <laughs> 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 And so I'm like, I'm like all free spirited wanting to just like go off in my, in my writing. So I did <laughs> and did, um, human communications mm. and human communications totally aligned with my passion. Um, so that was my major with a double concentration in creative writing, um, social action and journalism, media studies. That's awesome. Um, ah, that's so cool. It was great. Some really great professors mm-hmm. there too. Strong, like impactful, powerful women that like kind of guided me through that time too. So shout out to Stella Flores, Deb Busman, Diana Garcia. (laughs) 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 All amazing. Um, But yeah, just that, it was, it was a good fit for us. And when I moved out here, I had just my twin sister. She was playing, uh, she was a goalie at CSUMB. So she was here for about like a year and I got to do the student housing with her. And then she left. So then it was just me and Ilani. And like, we have no family out here. We didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. We just, she started kindergarten. I was starting my four year and we, and we were able to do it. I mean, there, if there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of how we see, like our educational side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I started at Restorative Justice Partners back in 2012. That's after I graduated. And I was, I started as a victim offender reconciliation coordinator. Mm. And it's a mouthful to say. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm a the victim offender reconcil- re- reconciliation coordinator at Restorative Justice Partners. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us, tell us more about it. <laughs> I want to know. I, yeah, tell us more about Restorative Justice yeah. Partners and what they do, because it's really amazing what they do. Yeah, so it's a nonprofit here in Monterey County. They've been around since 1987. The restorative justice really is a philosophy that's been around since the indigenous times where um, tribes and people here in Northern America as well just um, advocated for a different type of justice versus the justice we do now. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now it's very retributive. It's very punitive. We focus Mm -hmm. on like the offender, focusing all of our attention on the offender, talk about what they did wrong and things like that. How do they need to be punished? But with restorative justice, it's more of a community approach. So it really focuses not just on the offender, but the victim of the crime, as well as the community being a part of trying to heal the crime. So they're focusing like, how can we make things better versus whose fault is it and let's punish them. So I really liked the philosophy and where it was all, what it was all about. So I started there and I just really grew and blossomed with the organization. Um, meeting with a lot of other organizations, um, collaborating. And the work that I did mainly was with the probation department and working with juvenile offenders. So mm. have, like cases where maybe a juvenile would steal socks from a store mm. and the police would come and they'd get a ticket instead of having them go to court, gain this on their juvenile record, they go through our program and they do mediation. So they okay. have to sit down with the store that they stole from mm. and they can stories so the offender could talk about why he sold the socks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just impulse control when it comes to juvenile shopping sure. yeah it's not really like in the process of planning or trying to do for for any reason besides it just really coming to their mind um and the stores get to talk about how it impacts not just the store but the community mm-hmm. sure um, selena's jc's jc penny is actually is kind of like a hot spot <laughs> yeah um, always tell the kids okay you guys guess how much jc's jc penny's lost um just in shoplifting alone at this one store alone um in salinas um in the year 2017 and they would guess and they would like shoot out all these numbers so i'm gonna have you guys guess what do you guys where do you guys think they've lost in one year of revenue the way that you set it up i'm gonna go (laughs) high i mean like i don't know i'm gonna (laughs) 
I'm gonna say like 200,000. I don't know if that's too high. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I, I, it's, um, okay, I'll, I'll go higher since you seem to. <laughs> no, I don't know. You don't I think it's like higher than that? I don't think so. I think Maybe, it's lower than that. Okay, well, okay, I'll go to, I don't know, to, okay, I'll do 100,000. <laughs> the loss prevention manager would sit down with the kids and ask them that question, and they would tell them, like, it's near $900,000. No, oh my gosh. Way. That's crazy. And I think a lot of it also has to do not just with the price of the product, but then, like, the cost to get security cameras to build loss prevention teams and have all this extra money and the kids yeah. are mind blown because they're like wow i didn't think it was that much money and they see jc yeah. pennies as like on the wall they have all this money per yeah. socks ain't gonna hurt per nikes ain't gonna hurt right the store and the that big person with the like the ceo they don't see that it's the people that work in the store that do and they lose hours or they lose you know opportunities for pay raises mm. so talk about that and it builds community because they're able to have this conversation about the crime versus not talking about the crime and just, you know, punishing someone for what they did. Mm, yeah. A lot of the, the work that restorative justice does, it also works in the schools and mm -hmm. campuses and talked from to elementary kids all the way to high school, um, all different types of conversations. But the, the point is talking about the philosophy of restorative justice and how it can really improve um, the social and emotional support that students, mm -hmm. any kid really needs. Um, and then I've also worked uh, at San Quentin for a day with some restorative justice, as well as the Soledad State Prison. And then mm -hmm. I've been in the county jail here in mm -hmm. Soledad. We did a lot of restorative justice, victim impact um, education. Wow, that sounds That's amazing. And that seems... It to align so closely with the work that you're doing with Milpa. I'm a little bit familiar with Milpa, but um, can you um, can you tell us about Milpa? Uh, starting off from, you know, it, restorative justice and how that has uh, roots with um, indigenous uh, practices and teachings. So, and, and that I know connects uh, very much so with, with Milpa. Yeah, I think a lot of things with restorative justice is the um, process of circles. Mm. An opportunity to treat everybody equally in a space and um, that I think would be like the most close thing that you could um, resemble or relate to another organization like Milpa. Mm -hmm. uh, I just started with Milpa it's been like three weeks I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah like I for myself and you know my beliefs and passions and the ability to need to grow really came forefront what I needed to do. Mm. Over to Milpa, um, it wasn't a plan. It just happened. It really, it really did. Like things unfold for mm -hmm. what they do because of whatever reasons happen. But as of today, that's where I'm at and I'm really enjoying it. Like the staff there, they, they honestly like blow me away. Mm -hmm. Our formerly incarcerated staff members, but mm -hmm. their stories and their education and their, what they bring to the table. I'm just like, whoa, like, you did what and you know what and you, you're speaking how that's amazing mm -hmm. and I really feel like this like there is a possibility for opportunity after the system if we allow it if organizations such as milpa is, is there allowing it for individuals that are ready for it of course mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so what i'm doing there is more operations mm -hmm. so I'm doing like the original work that i used to also do at restorative justice partners which was you know, building the infrastructure of um, managing teams and payroll and scheduling and supporting okay. with grant and things like that. So, I mean, it's, I'm still fresh. I'm still like the baby there in a way, <laughs> but they're really warm and welcoming and everything has been through like distance online learning and mm. training, staff meetings and stuff like that. I get to go there every now and then to like check the mail. <laughs> really? There's no mm -hmm. one really, I'm kind of like hoping for that day to come to actually all be in a space with the with the team. I'm really excited for that um, and the work that they have coming in the future. So, yeah, another thing that those two have in common is uh, nonprofit, right? They're both nonprofits. Yes, that's right. But I really enjoy working in nonprofits. For me, it's, there's not much of a a need for like 
this gain of how some people need to work in a field where they want to like you know gain a lot of money or do be the boss of bosses or whatever mm-hmm. um, for me it's more about like serving our community and that's right. what I like about it and that's a lot of things that drove me even when I came over to Monterey County and I was at CSU and I didn't know anyone I've always been a very social person when it came to um, just making community and making opportunities for myself to meet people so that's why I, when I heard about soccer because it's a huge passion of mine I was like okay I want to like I want to play for a team that I played for a team like okay now I'm knowing people I want to make my own team and I'll make my uh-huh. own team. I want to get more people involved and and that's how I met season and so many other girls that were trying to find a space to play mm-hmm. and unfortunately on the peninsula there's not much it's really over in Salinas or Watsonville um Santa Cruz if you really really want to go that far yeah um, to play so it was just nice to kind of get like a group of us to to play and kind of build our own community so yeah, just the nonprofit world for me is just kind of like where I want to stay and be. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'll have my own nonprofit, and mm-hmm. I don't know what that would look like now. Probably like combine it with like photojournalism. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'd be so cool. Justice and social action, and who knows? Soccer. I know a lot Soccer, of yeah. <laughs> Um, that sounds amazing yeah it's everything you're doing it's so powerful I mean even you know making that soccer team for me was so meaningful to me and I know it was mm-hmm. so meaningful to all the girls on that team especially like you said there's just not an outlet for that in many places around here and I'm sure that's true uh everywhere because I mean for an outlet like a you know amateur soccer leagues for women are just not something after college you just don't encounter that very often and then especially for women after you've gotten pregnant you have children you have families it's really hard to find the time to go out and play and when there's not even a space for that it's it's like you have nowhere to do something that you've always loved your whole life and uh i know for me that was just amazing to be able to get out and go on the field again and feel I mean I didn't feel like super strong after being pregnant but it was like rock star season like the first person I call like you it's so fun though and you know to play like that and then to be like physically active and get out there and just play and have fun is just not something we do as mothers very much and mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean, in addition to that, every, everything you're doing has so much power and mm-hmm. uh, such beautiful work, especially in the political climate that we're in right now. I can see how like that, that work is so important to everything that's going on right now. And mm-hmm. uh, I wonder how much are you seeing more support or, or less or what is it? And I, I mean, so many things have changed recently. What is, how, how have you seen those changes in your work? So for me, at least um, being on school board has always, I've always been like a lot of support. I haven't had anyone really turn away from me, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I have a really good opportunity to be a bridge when it comes to mm. like the past and the work I'm doing now um, for individuals, at least to hold some like trust in me. And I, that's what I really want to do. Like I'm, so when it comes to like politics and talking about political things, I'm like, no, (laughs) let's not. I want to talk about community things. I want to talk about our our people and individuals and families. And and to me, like, that's what politics should be about. But, you know, definitely kind of change and become own, own, I don't know what to call it, but um, it's just not the same as like local political avenues. Yeah. For me, like, that's, that's what I'm, I mean, I'm just doing it because I want to be a part of my community and I want to find some change. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, political agenda or things behind my, at least my campaign for that. My hope is to be able to give a space for people to come and we can do things with them rather than two and four individuals. I think that representation is really important. Yeah, I, I just, I'm excited about it. I really do hope like my campaign pushes through and I can continue you know, to, to be on the board. I, I do really believe that my representation is important. Yeah. I understand too, like if for some reason I don't win, doesn't mean I still can't be involved and do things like be a part of board meetings or continue to, to voice out for our, our representation and things like that. 
Mm -hmm. Can we can we take a, a, a quick blast from the past trip and ask you what influenced you to go into public service in the first place? And sure. and and how um, how what do you feel is okay? Well, let's just go with that first, and then <laughs> and then and then we'll, we'll we'll chime into like being the first Latina and like why you find your role. Um, you know what does what does a um, board member board of trustees of the school district like what does that mean to you so take a blast from the past what inspired you to even go for it to begin with yeah so i won't be too far back so like the end of last year mm -hmm. uh, the position came open for my seat because the person that was sitting on there john hill was moving and retiring so he decided to stop mm. um so the um basically became vacant an opportunity for someone to apply for it and it was pushed out through um, different resources, but I saw it on a family page on Facebook and my friend tagged me, another mom, another young mom said, hey, this totally sounds like something you should be involved in. And then, so when I commented on the post, um, Rendy Rudescu, she's the one that posted it. She's like, yes, Veronica, we would love like for you to apply, like you really would fit the mold. So. Well, don't fit the world, actually, the opposite, but I mean, it would be great. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And honestly, in my mind, I had no idea that it was actually an elected official seat. I thought it was just board ah. because I've done some work with the Restorative Justice Commission in Monterey County. And that commission is like the only um, Restorative Justice Commission in the nation that's appointed by a board of supervisors. So it's really cool to just to be a part in supporting that. Um, so to my mind, I was like, oh, it's just like another, like a board, but I know it was like, mm -hmm. official board. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize that until, um, actually going up after I submitted my application and got the request to come interview in front of the board as a panel, did I realize it was so much more. I walked into that space and I was a little overwhelmed to be honest. And no. room, like no one looked like me. No one had, no one was yeah. As young as me, or let alone being like a person of color, mm -hmm. the seat. <laughs> so they had a, there were so many of us staying up doing, um, we pulled numbers and we all had to wait in the waiting room and then get called one by one to answer the questions. So it'd be fair to not all have to have the same questions. Um, so I was in the waiting room with everyone and they're all like, some people were kind of quiet, other ones were talking. And one person's like, well, what about you? Why are you here? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I saw the book and I really know that the work that I do I can represent and I was like saying it's like so stuck to my application because I kind of feel like a lot of that was who I was but I was so intimidated I was like yeah why am I here a little like self-imposter syndrome started setting mm -hmm. for sure absolutely yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. like, okay, just, just not focused on like you know what everybody else is doing and who mm -hmm. they are just focus on yourself um Finally, I luckily I was like the third person to be called in, so I was able to get it <laughs> over with. Nice. <laughs> and for me, honestly, when it comes to like interviewing in front of panels, I've done that before, and I was really comfortable. Um, but for that moment, I, I I started off like really nervous. I was mm. really, and I had to like take a big breath and just focus on like I started talking about who I am and what I do, and that helped me a lot. Mm. And then at the end of it, like people came over like, oh, you did so good. You're going to get the seat. <laughs> wow. I'm like, no, I'm not. That person was amazing. You know, that person really like me. I should have said that. Like things like that sort of in my mind. Mm, sure. <laughs> um, and then when they started voting, there were like the top two of us were selected. And then I won out of the top two, but they wanted to do one more vote between just the two of us. And then I won the unanimous vote. Wow. Um, like everybody clapped and congratulated me and then when things were done like of course I shook everyone's hand I'm like I'm excited to work with you let's see what we can do and then I went to my car and I cried no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I would have done the same <laughs> then I called oh my mom my oh, I can't believe this just happened yeah and I mean even thinking about it now makes me a little emotional but sure. I didn't realize Oh, what that meant to me until I actually did it. I think so. it, it's very much kind of like what you started off with saying, like, I don't even know how, you know, just one thing leads to another and then you're there. And I think some a lot of the times the universe just puts us in the place and the space where we need to be. And um, 
it, it's just so beautiful the way it happened. And thank you for sharing that story and being vulnerable with us and, and um, telling us, walking us through it, you know, every, all the way to going to your car and like being real <laughs> and like crying and calling your mom the very first person, you know, like, yeah, that's as real as it gets. Like, let's go get a drink to celebrate. We went to Lala's and how like, nice. I don't know if I can go into Lala's right now. I'm like, I'm gonna, like, I'm an official someone. Like, what if that looks bad? I'm gonna. Have to <laughs> <laughs> it's just Lala girl. <laughs> you can grab my tie and be okay. <laughs> so, yeah. No, for sure. I, I was the first Latina until I think like a few days later when I started getting some calls from like the newspapers to. Mm post it and they told me I'm like oh really and they're like yeah I'm like wow and then knowing like our statistics and our mm -hmm. representation how many Latinos really are just students and family and they never had one right get on the board um and especially for my area because I'm a Monterey representative because there's different districts or areas for our district and for my voting pool it's predominantly white homeowners so I mean there is like some fear to be honest I'm fear in that for me when I'm running for my seat but I know too like you know the work that I'm doing and who I am as a person um doesn't just define me by like the color of my skin or my ethnic background and I really do believe a lot of a lot of people know that and that's what I'm excited about mm -hmm. for sure that's for awesome sure. Mm. uh so what do you do like as a um, board member what what is it that um, that you do yeah tell us how it affects our community and what what exactly your role is yeah so um, besides myself and the and the other board members um, we do meet two Tuesdays a month I mean there's a lot of other things you do in between those board meetings um, but when we actually sit down and have our official board meetings I think the day I got sworn in, like right before like COVID, COVID really hit. So I got to do maybe like two like board meetings, sitting down in the mm. room with like individuals coming up and making public comment and doing all that. And then COVID hit and then everything just changed. <laughs> and some of the board members even told me like, wow, what a time to join the board because everything we normally do isn't going to happen right now. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like they were just focusing on how are we going to open up schools? If we open up schools, how are we going to distance learn? Um, fortunately for MPOSD, they have an amazing cabinet and superintendent. So our superintendent, PK Diffenbaugh, and his cabinet of people who really just do, they do the work. Um, and they present us the work and we basically approve on it. We request um, for other things or we approve um, budgets and mm -hmm. the infrastructure and things of that sort but I really have to give it up to the the superintendent and the cabinet to making it kind of almost more easy for us to find solutions because mm -hmm. they're like the brain masters <laughs> they really are mm -hmm. um, and then we get opportunity to every board meeting to uh, make requests so for example um, this last board meeting um, actually two boarding meetings ago I talked about finding a way to get our especially our high school students uh, more interactive and social especially during this time because they're at home and they, there is like a lot of like depression and anxiety hitting them and of course we want to do everything safely so how can we find an opportunity to either do like uh online dancing mm. welcome back to school dance night like virtually or something how like, fun yeah, yeah. asking the kids like what would that be like? I could probably give an idea, but then like, I could think of my teenager rolling her eyes, be like, "No, mom, that that's lame." <laughs> <laughs> so this last board meeting, I brought it up again, just saying like, "Oh, what if we did like EA sports? Since we can't have sports right now, what if we did EA sports and have um, at least maybe kids that don't normally play physical sports may have an opportunity to jump into a tourney on FIFA or Madden or whatever sport it is." And be able to do that through Zoom or whatever, and have them at least be able to interact with each other. Yeah, How creative. Yeah, that's really great. That's so cool. You guys are thinking about so many things that you know I wouldn't even consider, especially right now. Like you guys have to kind of pivot, you know, like everyone else, you have to figure out. Yeah, and it was really hard when COVID hit. There is, there are so many. Like you just, when any decision we made, we knew we weren't going to make everybody happy because. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
just the way it is, just how this pandemic has affected all of us. And for me, my, my main focus is on um, our disadvantaged students, which is like 64% of our population. Yeah. And a lot of our population is homeless. So one in 11 kids either are homeless or they're multiple families living in one home. So I can't even imagine how they would dist- <laughs> distance learn, let alone um, the little kids that have parents that have to work full time in order to even keep a roof over their heads. How mm-hmm. can that so like that was my main focus um and that was a lot of the other board members main focuses too um so we had the idea of like a hybrid or maybe just introducing community, uh, middle school oh no basically kinder through six and we had so much backlash from families and parents and we got it too and our teachers too like no it's not safe um so luckily we were able to like you know what let's do full-on distance learning and finding those most vulnerable kids giving them an opportunity to just at like the boys and girls club mm. or the YMC PPY over here is really great so we're able to pull students that really need it and be able to have like another space besides being at home wow. mm-hmm. like home is not a safe place and school is the only safe place yeah so those are the students I'm thinking about but it's it's hard it's just so hard right now yeah really. I wow. bet and I feel like as a parent too like you so much of that goes into um, your work. Like you, you consider so many things because you yourself are experiencing a lot of that at home too. And even, even if, you know, you may not be, um, I, I just, I feel like even like considering those disadvantaged communities, like, you know, the struggles of just normal day-to-day parenthood and, um, you know, how does that affect how you make decisions or what you do in your work? Yeah, it's real. It's really hard. And just trying to put those individuals first is what comes to mind for me. Um, and then finding like those special opportunities for them. If it can't be the mainstream option that we have right now, which is full on distance learning. I'm hoping this, all this will be over soon. <laughs> soon though, yeah. My for real. Is so he's such a little social guy and he he misses his friends and I need him to be with his friends because mm-hmm. making such a huge impact I'm sure you guys are seeing it too yeah totally totally our little guys are only three and yeah we we my little one asks about his friends like on a daily basis like his little cousins his little friends and um remembers their name remembers like the gifts that they got him and like uh, the, the little submarine, oh, ese, se, ese me lo regalo Archer, and like, oh, yeah. that was a gift from Archer, yeah, so, <laughs> and, but like, the age that they're, that they're in, like, I feel like we're re- kind of still able to get away with, like, just giving a simple explanation, I mean, mm-hmm. talk about like, five, six, seven, eight, nine, up to 16, you know, like, what, what could we really tell our kids? You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, hard. it's hard. Even if they understand, it's just so hard for them. I mean, I'm sure, you know, with your daughter, I, she's so amazing, by the way, she does like amazing artwork. I, I don't know. She's just seems like a really cool girl. And um, awesome. I can imagine. But now she wants to switch it to art. And I'm like, kind of scared because I feel like architects to save choice. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, can you maybe minor in art? <laughs> but if that's the passion, I gotta support it. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness, that reminds me kind of like of like your journey as well, you know? Like I <laughs> yeah. yeah, you never know what's gonna happen, right? She might get halfway through and be like, ah, oh, maybe architect was a better choice or or not. <laughs> <laughs> hey listen so like for anyone who's out there listening um who might be interested in in joining um a nonprofit work or who's interested and kind of thinking about an an elected uh official position but like has doesn't have anyone nearly remotely close to them who has walked in those shoes like i don't know what would you say to them Definitely. I would tell them that their experience is like the most important thing that they can bring forward 
to anything that they do because especially if it's nothing like someone else in that field then they bring a whole unique something vital something new to the table and we need that because like I mean our country alone is so diverse and there's so mm-hmm. much everything needs to be represented and if we just stick to the norm we're never going to have a full understanding of who we are as, as a people um so I would tell them to really encourage to bring in their their background and their authenticity forward to being who they want to be so yeah like not to give up you're going to hit some bumps you're going to hit Sometimes where you feel like you're hitting that glass ceiling and no one's there to support you, you know, find another way and you'll be able to break it. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's beautiful. And like you, you talked about the imposter syndrome earlier and I think having present, like consciously being aware that all of us experience that, you know, like really takes a load off in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I feel like as moms too, like I know, I mean, that's their main audience here too. So I feel like all the strong women out there that are, and I, you know, they're largely underrepresented within our, um, you know, within our community and all the, um, you know, political positions, but we as women and as mothers in particular, we have a lot of that experience that you're talking about of, you know, especially in like a school board role or something like that, you understand what families are kind of going through on a certain level. And, you know, you might have a point of view that someone else wouldn't because they don't have children of their own or they don't stay home with them and they don't know what that's like. And um, yeah, that's just, that's good. You know, life experience is really important. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so speaking about life experience, let's switch gears a little bit. And um, you talked to to us about your professional life um, uh, quite a bit in, 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 and thank you for sharing all of that. Now switching gears for to your the personal life, um, let's just start off with another blast from the past and um, I'm going to ask you what advice would you give to a 15 year old younger version of yourself, not your daughter, <laughs> not your daughter. <laughs> yourself a younger version what would that be um that's a really good question um if I was able to like just to jump in a time portal and see her Mm -hmm. I would definitely tell her like there are going to be some moments where it's really scary but you need to trust yourself you need Mm -hmm. to know um call your mom She all, she's always on your side. She'll always have your back. Um, but mm-hmm. as long as you believe in yourself and if you keep yourselves, because I've always been really motivated. So I would just say stay motivated and it's, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. You're going to eventually see it, you know, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. You may feel like it's never going to happen. But if you don't give up, you're going to really find out how amazing life can be. And I think I'm seeing that now. It took a long mm-hmm. time. I'm really seeing it now. There's still tons of things for me to overcome and to get through, but I, you know, I'm fortunate now to have, you know, a blessed family, a healthy family, an opportunity to voice myself in my community. So, for sure, that's, that's so amazing. You're so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you talk a lot about how your mom was backing you and empowering you and the things that you did. How how do you feel like you empower your children in accomplishing their goals? Yes, I, I try to envision my mom and a lot of that because sure. when I think about it, like she always took us to all of our soccer games or our travel games or was there at like school events and stuff. And I mean, my dad was, he was like extremely a hard worker. So there's reasons why I couldn't be there. And I understand that now mm-hmm. our family, like he, he, you work from sunrise to sundown. Mm. And my mom took that kind of that burden to like, in a way to support us through all the things that we needed and wanted to do. Um, so I try to do that with my kids. If they want to play soccer, then we're going to sign them up for soccer. And if they want to do capoeira and dance, they're going to do that. And they want to join yearbook, they're going to do that. So if my mom could juggle all of our requests, I can do the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I try to really do that with my kids is just showing them that um, if there's a will, there's a way 
and we can find opportunities through through trying new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things like that. What's capoeira? Capoeira is a Brazilian kind oh, of ca- arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know how to. I, I I know how to spell it, but I don't. I don't. I've never heard it. Um, uh. <laughs> my I cannot. Um, roll my R's for the life of me. <laughs> this quick little story. I had the hardest time saying here. And I'd be, when I'd be roll call, and they'd be like, here, I'd be like, here. And I, I had kids make oh. they were They were like, when it was their turn to be called, like, Billy, are you here? He'd be like, here, like, just purposely, like, make fun of me. And oh. I would like, my head in, and I would not want to say here. I tried to use the word present. I'm like, present. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways. Aww. <laughs> it's going to be sometimes. They can be really mean sometimes. <laughs> for, for, me, for me, it was my S's, so I'm right there yeah. with you. I still have my list, and some days are better than others. <laughs> yeah. Just like everything, right? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, my son does Scapoleia, and he loves it. He, he Right now, with COVID, we had a stop. We were doing it a little bit like streaming online, but it's just not the same. He mm-hmm. misses it, and hopefully we can get back at it soon. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. I think it's so cool that you have spent, uh, you know, so much time with soccer and developing your own skills. Like you said, you were in a lot of clubs and now you're offering those same opportunities um, to your children. And I think um, a lot of those, you know, making sure you take your time to get out on the field, um, you know, while you were growing up, I think making sure that you're able to hold that space for yourself really impacts all of the other areas in your life and how you're able to like make sure dinner's on the table and you should make sure you take your um all of their kids to their respective like clubs and parties mm-hmm. and uh in lessons and how you're able to sit uh, on the board as an elected official and how you're able to have <laughs> a full-time job is because you put, you make sure you're filling your own cup. Um, I don't know if you have, have anything to say about that. Yeah. I mean, at first, like, you just, you know, that kind of made me a headache. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot. It really is. And they're honestly, the only way to make it all work is sacrifices. Mm. Times where I'm like the dirty basket needs to just take another day and it's okay. Yep. And some yeah. better am I like it's not okay. We gotta make sure everything's done. Um, no, it really is okay. It, it can wait till tomorrow and then oh tomorrow laundry's done. Wow, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still spinning. Yeah. But there's sacrifices, you know, like life, life is definitely not perfect. And we try to our best to like maneuver through that. Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate too. my husband. Um, he reminds me a lot of my dad. He does work a lot. But when he comes home and he has a, a time to make dinner on the table and do that, does that for me. It's amazing. And honestly, his food's a, better, a little bit better than mine too. <laughs> 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 so I'm like, hey, we make pasta tonight. And he's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, yes, score. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, in regards to uh, motherhood, is there anything else that you'd like to um, share with us um, that you, we haven't had an opportunity? Just like super general, like motherhood and what it how do you do it? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> We'd like to know. <laughs> True. <laughs> with the teenage years. Mm. My daughter's at this age where she is ready to fly the nest. I mean, she still has one more year before she has a senior year still. Um, but if she could be gone now, I think she would. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of hurts because you want them still to be like close. And especially when you have a, I think about now, because I have my two-year-old who's like on me 24-7 and my 16-year-old who's quite opposite, like to get those extra snuggles in from her, like really means so much. Yeah. And I would like encourage that, like just being able, like as moms, we are like that safe haven for our kids like I honestly like the safest spot that I remember was like being in my mom or dad's arms mm-hmm. and to keep that like support with them I think is really important because then like if they feel safe there then maybe they'll feel a little more safe to talk about things and 
right now I'm trying to work on that with my teenager and mm. it's normal stuff but as a mom mm-hmm. I know yeah. I've come here, but having your daughter go through it it's it's different it's just like you're so protective and you mm-hmm. know, like you know all the answers because you've been through that and you want them to hear you and right that thing someone else says and they'll listen to that other person <laughs> <laughs> that's hitting me like on multiple levels right now like yeah. I feel like like I'm working through some stuff and I'm like I better get this thing like down packed before because I've noticed certain tendencies with my son that I have that I that I do and I'm like I better nip, nip this in the butt because then I need to help him but He's his own person. Like who said, yeah, you need to work on it, but you need to work on it for yourself, not necessarily for him. Because um, like you said, you know, they're they're their own person, people, and you're there to guide them. But whether or not they want to take your advice, I mean, it's it's really up to them. And they have to learn. Those things they have to learn. You can't, we can't keep them from certain things. And the, the lessons, you know, the most important part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm still working through like my relationship with my mom and understanding that a lot of what she did was to try to make my life better and easier mm-hmm. and protect me and uh or even like watching her be um sad that I left. You know, just like what you're talking about now. It's like looking back on that now, now I understand like she's, you know, we we grieve a lot as mothers and we see our, our children grow and meet new milestones and it's kind of sad every time and and we're allowed to be sad and even though our kids might be uncomfortable with it and you know we're we're allowed to be sad and and that's very normal and very human and what they feel is normal and human too and mm-hmm. it's just one of those things a staff member from Milpa, she's like in her 20s right now, early 20s. And I was telling her my story of how I was feeling about my teenager already wanting to leave the nest and it made me sad. Um, and I got to just hear her perspective, like, you know, like it's it's normal and, you know, things happen. And, you know, at the end of the day, though, she's going to turn around and come to you. Like, maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow. Mm-hmm. When she hits those mid-20s, she is going to come back and mm-hmm. like give you all those hugs and things that like just thanking you so I'm like waiting for that (laughs) it'll come it'll come you're so supportive of her and you know that's that's all she needs that's all they need is that love (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what were our last question I think for right now is uh if your kids were to listen to this episode 20 years from now what would you want them to hear um I would definitely want them to hear just this conversation between the three of us, like as three moms talking about just life. I want them to be able to hear that, like, you know, moms are people too. (laughs) (laughs) But I want them to know how much I love them and how proud I am of them. And that I always will have their back regardless of the decisions they make. Mm -hmm. Um, They may be hard decisions and I can help guide them through like understanding those decisions but at the end of the day, I'm always going to love them. And I'm just excited for for their future. But just take it slow. Because mm. I'm as babies forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Oh. Yeah, all of that. It was great. Thank you so much for all of that. It just, I don't know, made me feel warm and fuzzy. And also <laughs> just totally. made me realize, like, we're all such... Uh, we're all so strong and beautiful and we have so much potential inside of us. And even, um, you know, even with all the responsibilities that we have, we have, uh, we have so much more that we can do and and offer to the world and the community around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ronnie. It's been a a pleasure getting to know you um, more. Um, I mean, getting to know you, just meeting you, you know, and like learning so much about you in such a short amount of time. You really like put yourself out there and um, shared a lot with us. And I myself did learn um, a lot from you. And um, I think uh, many of our listeners will will learn and get inspired um, by your story, from your story, and um, through your story. So, um, so thank you for being willing to come on and and keep it real with us. Of course, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And let me just 
If I can do my plug real fast, that'd be awesome. Yeah, please do. <laughs> plug away. <laughs> can we read that? Yeah. So yeah. if you know anyone or if you live in Monterey, okay, there's <laughs> uh, <laughs> please can I would be honored to have your vote. This is my website and my Instagram. I have a Facebook, but I realize Instagram's gotten more traffic, so I'm just going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we'll put these in the show notes as well. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and do you mind reading it off your email and your Instagram yeah. handle? So my email is Veronica, um, the number four for MPUSD. And then my Instagram's the same, Veronica for MPUSD. Great. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. And uh, Real quick before we go, unless, did you have another question? No, no, no. Okay. We're going to do a new uh, couple segments at the end of our shows. And so we figured, you know, new, our very first guest. We'll also do some new segments at the end of the show. This show, we've got all kinds of new things going on. Um, so for, we're going to end it. I think, I think we'll start with what's your SOS of the week. So basically what, did you have anything during your week that you just needed help with <laughs> or you felt like it didn't go quite as you wanted it to go? Maybe you learned something from it or you just didn't and it was just horrible and it's not good. And that's okay too. <laughs> I got like so many things. I have to pick just one. <laughs> yeah, just one. <laughs> uh, so my SOS. SOS for the week would be um, the gym so that I've been finding time for myself to go to the gym. Mm. Um, I usually do the 6 a.m. class. So I'm like trying to, you know, be there by 6 o'clock. <laughs> 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 Everybody starts at 6 o'clock. So if I walk in the door at 6 o'clock, I'm still on time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just my SOS would be like finding the, the help and motivation to get to as many classes as I used to. Mm -hmm. But maybe at the same time being okay not making all the classes. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Thank you. How yeah, about you, Susan? Uh, like I said, last night was real rough for us. Uh, we're still in the midst of potty training at night. And so it's just been kind of um, hard. And last night, you, Archer wouldn't go back to sleep. And I just laid there in bed and he was just you know, crying. It was one of those moments where I was like, I just want to sleep. That's all I want to do. And I just started crying and I just had like an ugly moment for, you know, maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. And then I went in and, uh, and I hugged him and I rocked mm. him back to sleep and he went to sleep and, and that's, that's all he needed. But I just mm. was so stuck on like, he's got to go back to sleep on his own. He's just got to do it. And, and then it just turned real ugly. And really all I needed to do was go in there and show him some love. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. And I'm glad it worked out, but it was, it was definitely an SOS. I needed someone to help me out there. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful though. <laughs> you got those little extra cute snuggles. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the SOS that I'll share this week, um, I like how Ronnie was like, uh, I get to, I, I don't, oh, just one of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For me this week, I struggled with like my eating habits. Um, and I just, I need like an SOS on, um, not microwaving uh, day-old day Panera mac, mac and cheese at 11.30 at night. Which it's happened okay. last night. Are you, are you kidding me? I had a stomach ache. I was like oh, no. not feeling well. And that's what I'm going to go with. And now okay. I know. Now I know. Don't eat day-old mac and cheese from Panera at 11.30 at night. So we're Learning. Yeah. Well, that's good. Easily. We learned something. Yeah. Well, let's finish up the episode with our so solid for the So Mama podcast. So what, Ronnie, was something that was so solid in your week? Ooh, something that was so solid in my week. <laughs> I would have to say we had like a moment of all of us on the couch um, watching something on TV. I don't know. Honestly, I don't remember what it was. I just like the moment that we were all just all on the couch. And it was just solid. Totally. Yeah. I love it. 
<laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Those are special moments. We have to hold on to those. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'll go ahead and go and say today was my so solid because my husband, the angel that he is, took my son for the entire half of the day, like the ending half of the day. Um, partially, I give credit to myself because I suggested that he take (laughs) he take him to my my grandparents or or his grandparents house so that was my idea which is great but I got so much done I I was feeling you know after last night I just was feeling really down on myself Mm. and I had so much I was just overwhelmed with the amount of things I needed to do and having that that dedicated time to just focus on the things I needed to do and get it done. It was like, I was a new person. Like I felt mm. like <laughs> I was pre pre baby season where I just like could focus on one thing and not get distracted. And uh-huh. it was just, um, yeah, it was just amazing. I don't know how you do all the things that you do, Ronnie, because <laughs> I can't even like do one thing for 10 minutes straight. So <laughs> Yeah, I feel you on that one. Go Riley. And then also, don't think I didn't miss the, I was a pre-baby season. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, I love my son and it's great, but like, I don't know. I was was talking about the words, pre-baby season season. My pre-baby season season, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. <laughs> That's awesome, season. I'm so excited that you had an opportunity to get stuff done. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think uh, for me, what was so solid was also related. I mean, go Riley. Also, um, go Edgar. We got to, I, I just let him take the lead on what we were going to do today. And that just was like, really nice like I, <laughs> I I let myself uh let go a little bit you know sometimes it's like uh the little things that we're like okay so I, I got I gotta know what we're gonna do tomorrow what time are we gonna wake up tomorrow I gotta know what we're they're gonna have for breakfast or what we're gonna you know all of it and then I just right um <laughs> I just had to uh I was like okay so you take the lead tomorrow he asked Omar the night before like what do you want to have for breakfast Omar was like waffles Edgar was like perfect I'll make them for you so (laughs) he made him some his waffles and he's like okay so we're gonna go out on a hike tomorrow and then where do you want to go I was like nope you you lead the day and (laughs) we ended up at the river um we had a beautiful time and he's like hey I want to go out um buy this like miniature like $50 $50 grill. Uh, let's go. It's like, okay, let's go. And we went to go buy his miniature $50 grill <laughs> and, uh, at Target <laughs> and, um, and then got back and it's been so much fun, you know, and just, <sighs> that's how it feels just when you don't breath. have to drive, you know, mm-hmm. the wheel all day, every day. And I think yeah. we need to like, let ourselves not drive the wheel all day, every day. Yeah. So that I like it. it. That's I think that's the perfect way to go out. A good thought to go out with on this week. For sure. I'm so, and, we're so blessed to have yeah. the partners that we have and able to we do. do. What we do. Yeah. They're all amazing. And <laughs> thank you partners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you also to Ronnie again for thank being with you. us today. Um we just, you are just an amazing woman, an amazing mother, and we wish you all the luck as you go on with your campaign and, and uh, beyond. And after that, yes, of course. So mm-hmm. you're welcome back anytime. Yes. <laughs> Happy to come back anytime, whether it's another interview or a panel of us. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Cool. Awesome. Thank Great. you so much, Ronnie. So good to meet you. We'll talk to yes. you soon. Yes, be sure to um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram uh, and our email is somamapodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to get in touch with us and rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.